same old trouble villains always knocking at the door pretty pictures on the page but nothing ever stays the same hello everyone and welcome again to epically novel my name is josh wasta aka fallout gary and with me as always, it's a pre-bird to my church full of bigots. Ooh. Are you trying to say I'm your Westboro Baptist? Is that what I am? No, no, no. You're the free bird. Oh, I am the free bird. Okay. To Westboro Baptist. With us for this whole season, the lovely, the talented Miss Jennifer Holland, the Baronessa. Thank you. Thank you. And... It is my pleasure to introduce our guest for this episode, Jason Taylor. Thank you so much for being with us. Hey! Hello, 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 hello. Thank you for having me. Jason, you are coming to us from the great city of Omaha. You opted in out of everything we were doing in season two for Kingsman, the Secret Service the movie, and the graphic novel. Can you give us a little background on your history with graphic novels, and what was your first graphic novel, how did they affect your life, and why did you choose this graphic novel in particular? Wow, you just really want the resume, don't you? <laughs> Run it down for us, big boy. I love comics. My first comic was Fantastic Four. My mom gave it to me to shut me the heck up. Is this a PG-13 podcast? No, or it is, can it is I... going to be Kingsman. We are going to talk about anal sex in this episode at one point. Motherfucker, you can say whatever the <laughs> fuck you want to, right. goddammit. Yeah, yeah. I'm a church boy. I grew up Catholic. <laughs> as far as Kingsman goes, I would say this is a top 20 movie for me. I like the comic. I read it a few years ago. Not a really top comic of mine. But definitely the movie. I love the movie. The reason why I chose it is because somebody already grabbed the boys. So. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And yeah, that's fair. And we did have a very long episode. Troy Esmond that did the boys for us showed up with six pages of notes. I'm here. I'm ready to go. Muadib. Bear. (laughs) Muadib. killing word. It's a killing word. It is a killing. Sand will cover you. For those of you who have followed us throughout first season and most of second season at this point. Jason is the person that Bear constantly yells at about the weirding modules in the David Lynch Dune movie. I don't know. I don't even know what to say. Like, I don't even know if we should have, are, are we having this fight now? Like we're, we're supposed to be talking about Kingsman. I think we should just Kingsman. talk about Kingsman. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Jay. There, there are true Dune fans that like all the works. And then there are the people that like the books. So listen, gentlemen, let's just stop <laughs> and say manners make Maybe. it the, the man. man. Kingsman, the movie. Let's kick off with probably one of the two most controversial scenes in the movie. Talk about the church scene. Oof. <laughs> Oof. Wow, you're just going to go right there. I just want to open it up. This is wow. the most shocking scene in the movie. First time you watch it. We watched it last night for the second time. At least I watched it for the second time. I have not watched it past the first time. I actually probably watched Golden Circle more often than I've watched the first Kingsman. I think this was the third time that I've seen it. Did you find it any less shocking? I found myself last night being like, the first time we watched this, I was, oh my God. And now knowing that it's coming, it was a little less. Maybe it was also, we are in a post-John Wick world. To bring up David Lynch again, (laughs) I am a David Lynch fan. 
And as much as I abhor actual violence in the real world, I am a huge fan of violence in movies. And the more in your face that it is, and I'm not, I don't like gore porn, but I do like things that are shocking in a movie. And so I think because that's something that I like in movies, when it happened, I was like, whoa, whoa, and this keeps going. Wow. For me to have that reaction, it's completely unexpected. And I think that's the point. I really love the choreography mm. and the cinematography of that scene. Yes. Just the way it's shot, because you keep getting clips from Harry's glasses cam. Yep. And you get the actual scenes from inside the church itself. I love the action of it. I don't know if I really was shocked by it. I was actually probably more shocked by the after that scene is over and he's the only sole survivor and he comes walking out of the church that he immediately gets shot. And I'm like, oh, we just took not really the main character, but the secondary character completely right. out of the movie. Right. They don't go bend him right away. Yeah, straight, like, only halfway through the movie and they just took him straight out. And that was probably more shocking to me, even though I enjoyed the back and forth and this is not as serious as a James Bond movie, like that whole scene right before he gets shot. Jason, I know you got some notes. First, I'd like to say that 58 people were killed in that scene. That yeah, but scene, they were racist. Are they really? Uh, are they really? Now, 58 people died, but Harry didn't necessarily kill all 58 of them. Some of those people killed each other. According to IMDb, Harry killed 58 people. So more than 58 people probably died in that scene. Obviously, yeah, because mm-hmm. you see other people killing each other. Right. Well, and I mean, that was the church. It was a full church. And yeah. we church will holds. never question IMD. Just about <laughs> to say that. You don't question the D. Oh. Wait, oh. wait, no, that's a little different in this house. <laughs> we question it all the time. <laughs> I've seen the movie so many times that I don't actually watch what he's doing anymore. I'm looking at the background and trying to see what's going on in the background and just how the extras in that scene are fully committed to that craft. They're going at it as well. It's a very believable scene. I remember showing Allison that scene. She'd never seen the movie until we started dating. And I showed her, well, we're going to watch this movie and put it in. And when we got to that scene, I didn't tell her a word of what was going to happen. And just her jaw dropped. And she's the same way. She's not into gore porn or anything like that. And she was floored by that scene. I think it's like a dance. Mm -hmm. It's a preview of what John Wick was. It is. Yeah, right. And that's why I referred to it as not being as shocking post-John Wick. Right. Because the church scene is all of John Wick. All three John Wick. Yeah, perfect fight choreography. It is so well done. Weapon of opportunity for everyone in that scene. Whatever is nearby, they grab it and they use it as a weapon, and it's just incredible. And until Kingsman and then John Wick... I don't think there were many action movies that used the headshot. I shoot you in the knee, I shoot you in the stomach, and I finish you in the head. But it's all within a half second. That scene was a really great fight scene, so I wasn't super shocked by that church scene. I was actually more shocked when the second Kingsman came out and you had the super explicit third base scene. I'm in the middle of the theater and I'm like, whoa, 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 this is PG-13. I was more shocked by that than I was by this fight scene. The other thing about that scene was the use of music. Can you think of a song that would have played better with what they were trying to evoke in that scene? Stairway to Heaven. No. 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 Stairway to Heaven is too long. You need a punchy song that starts out slow 
and then ramps up, and by the time you're in full force, uh, it's Wish just I was great. In the land of cotton. No, <laughs> you're fired. Yeah, Freebird is always associated with that southern, yeah. racist, intolerant Westboro Baptist Church kind of mentality, and so to use it in a scene where you're killing all of those people. And emails can be sent to graphicallynovel at gmail.com. The first time I watched it, I don't think that I had been paying attention to the point that they were as horrible as they were, that that church was basically Westboro. I must have missed that, and I must have not been paying attention. In the, oh, no, I was absolutely keyed in the, in the first part. The right, right. I was just like, oh, I know exactly what we're doing here, because as soon as random white guy gets up and decides to leave, well, why are you leaving? Oh, I know exactly what this church is. There are liberal uses of the N and F words leading up to that. This time watching it, I caught that. The first time watching it, I guess I was just more shocked. And then this time I was like, meh, you know, whatever. But that's probably me. Side note about that scene and its entry into Herr Trump's fucking turning it into a joke. Yeah. He did? That scene from October of last year where he was shooting people in the head. That's the scene they superimposed his head on Ted. Colin Firth. And, and everyone else was like CNN and Obama on it and it showed him beating them up. It's not shocking, unfortunately, to get all political. It's oh, that's... sophomoric. It's juvenile. So the first line of the comic <laughs> is asking Mark Hamill a question. About the prequels. Yes. That is the first conversation in the Kingsman comic. Then, when we get to what the equivalent would be in the movie, it is Mark Hamill playing a character who has been kidnapped. It was brilliant. The plot has changed. The idea has stayed the same. Without releasing the plot of the comic as opposed, just in case, since our job is to encourage people to read the comic, which do you prefer? I found the comic book plot to be comic booky and fun and i found the movie plot to be movie plotty and fun jay what's she got the movie was definitely a favorite of mine the comic book knocks so much i do like all the nods in the movie to the comic because Exy is not in the comic don't remember them ever saying that name his friends his do. friends his do. friends okay. yeah, yeah it, was, yeah. it was only his friends are the times. only ones that call him Exy. everyone else calls him gary it's exact opposite in this movie. He's mm-hmm. yeah. first himself as Gary once. Mark Hamill and his cameo. He's playing the doctor. And all the nods to 007 and James Bond and so many Easter eggs that it kind of sort of missed. And it's definitely there for the fans. I think the fight scene would have been better if that was in the movie. The wedding. Oh, if the test instead of the, the test. church. If you're going for shock value, either one. But a Westboro Baptist Church versus a wedding of 50 couples? I'm with you on that one. If they would have pulled that in, that would have been absolute stunner. I think people would have really freaked out at that. Well, where they needed Harry to be, it didn't work that way for the movie. Comparing the two, I think that the movie did a much better job with the end game than the comic book did. No spoilers for the comic book, but the movie was focused on three characters doing the quote-unquote saving. In the comic book, it was a much larger cast. And it made sense for the way that the comic book went. The comic book reminded me kind of of Umbrella Academy. Yeah. And the Umbrella Academy comic book, not the show. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's fair, where you've got the skeleton outline of what was going on, and you both 
got from point A to point B, where you got much more development out of the movie right. than you did mm-hmm. out of the comic. Right. You're jumping to several different characters instead of following a uh, byline, mostly a single character. Right. One of my main complaints with the comic was through the art style and the conversation style, I had a hard time saying, wait, which character is this? And in the movie, I think they did a really great job of differentiating. They did a very good job of saying, these are these people. In the comic, that is meant to be a point. Because you can tell, minor, minor spoiler, instead of the Harry character, it is Eggsy's Uncle Jack. Yeah. So there is a blood relationship there. Mm -hmm. At the point in the comic where Eggsy starts to become a gentleman, a kingsman, put on the suit. A lot of panels, I could tell the same thing. He was indistinguishable from his uncle Uncle Jack. And I think in the comic book, that makes more sense, especially with the familial ties and the idea of eventually taking that role over, as he does in the movie. That made a lot more sense. In the movie, I agree. Even when he's in his suit, he still has a little bit of that eggsy style that differentiates himself. So It's the baseball cap. Can I say another thing? In the comic, the Kingsman character, who is the trainer, he reminded me of the crazy doctor guy from Archer. (laughs) That's Krieger! And then I couldn't take him seriously. Training (laughs) officer Rupert Greaves. I will say, now that we've gotten into that, naming them all after the Knights of the Round Table in the movie. Amazing. Wonderful. Especially since Merlin is in it, but outside of it. Right. He is not actually a member of the Round Table. The other thing was, in the movie, the Kingsmen operated outside of government. Yes, they were not in an MI6. Comic, yeah, they were not. They were MI6. They were MI6. Yes. Yeah. I really love the idea that they were not attached to a government. Well, because in the movie, Samuel L. Jackson's assistant is like, I've checked with MI6. I've checked with... Right. Yeah. Interpol. I have I've no checked idea who Beijing, these people are. Yeah. And they have no idea who these people are. I like that a lot. I more. do too. So they're this secret society operating outside of governments, which is great for the movie. But how was the villain so easily able to track them down? He's like, oh, I put a tracking agent in his wine. Well, okay, but it was one of the things It was comic book. Well, it it was very comic booky, but that's kind of one of the things that I actually enjoyed. It was outside of the church right after the fight scene Mm. is how plucky it's different. It's it's a spy movie, but it's not, we don't take ourselves so seriously. Yeah, Yeah, we're a little over the top. Yeah. But you go back to like some of the James Bond movies, those were totally way more over the top. The movie <clears throat> Kingsman is constantly referencing spy stuff. And yeah. even to the relationship between Harry and V. The, their relationship is captivating. It is very much a classic hero villain, which Samuel L. Jackson just does so well, especially as like Glass. Huh. When you talk about Unbreakable and then Glass, he takes these comic book tropes, which he genuinely loves, which yeah. is why he's Nick Fury. Yeah. Because as we said all the way back in our first episode, in the Avengers episode, they wrote Nick Fury to become Samuel L. Jackson. And Samuel L. Jackson said... That's brilliant. I want in. Right. Mm. When they made the movie, they made a very good choice in making the villain not a 23-year-old... Tech 
Well, tech tech genius, but just a jerk. He was like a jerky 23-year-old. In the comic book... He was Steve Jobs. No, No, he he was was worse than Steve. Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. Mixed with Steve Jobs. There were rounded corners in those things. Oh, it was terrible. (laughs) And so I think they did an excellent job. Also, they got rid of the girlfriend that was just the girlfriend. She was nothing else. She was kind of a pawn in the comic book. Ambrosia. I think they did a really good job in the movie of taking her out, changing Gazelle from a man to a woman who may be interested in Valentine. You just can't tell what their relationship is, and also, I really like that. Also, the addition of she's a double amputee. Yeah. Well, that's Gazelle in the yeah. book was, too. I just love the name Gazelle. That is an awesome name for this character. <laughs> For the double double amputee, yeah. Villain calls all of his henchmen nicknames that they can't stand. They don't like and they find demeaning. I think that's amazing. So that was good in the comics. I would have added that into the movie. I think that would have been fun thing. I don't know. Especially I think that would have detracted from Samuel L. Jackson's character. Though. Yeah. Yeah. His, like, his total the way, Yeah. The way he they had rewritten that character for yeah for him, I don't think that would have played out as well. The lisp that he had was not written in to the script. And after the first take with Samuel, he did it and they pulled him aside. I was like, what was that? And he goes, every Bond villain has some kind of deformity. And I figured... This guy should have something like this. He also said that that lisp was his that he was able to grow out of. I really like that, especially when it gets to the line where he says, y'all talk so funny. (laughs) (laughs) We've already said in the comic, the mentor for Eggsy is his Uncle Jack. So Uncle Jack is already a member of the Kingsmen and is already in MI6. Harry in the movie is someone that worked with Eggsy's dad right. who was a kingsman and is involved with him at a young age and then there's a whole storyline there which worked better for you did you find more of a connection between Eggsy and his uncle being his uncle no i don't think so his uncle worked with his dad i feel that it worked better in the movie because Harry became that father figure for him. Jack was already in his life and had already greatly disappointed him throughout his life. Eggsy and Jack didn't have a relationship, really, but Eggsy knew who he was. He didn't feel his uncle cared about him. In the movie, Harry was like nobody that he knew, and then all of a sudden he comes into his life and wants to help him. That just felt more organic for that relationship to become as solid as it did. See, I'm on the other side of the fence. I actually think that having Exy's Uncle Jack, who has bailed him out multiple times before, finally says, listen, I'm going to give you one more chance. And this one last chance is, I'm going to throw you into being a secret agent. And if we could have put that into the movie instead of the way that the movie went, I think it would have been better personally. Picking up from there. Uncle Jack versus Harry. I wasn't impressed with the comic book relationship. I think it worked much better as Harry being beholden to Exy's father and doing mm-hmm. it out of a sense of loyalty. In the comic, he's got a card. I'm going to swipe my card and take care of everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, also in the movie, Exy is an excellent student. He just isn't using his potential. Or video game references. In the comic book, he's a terrible student, and all he does is play video games and watch reality TV. I think Eggsy is much more charismatic in the movie. 
than he is in the comic book. According to the D, sounds so douchey. According mm-hmm. to IMDb, sounds dirty. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio, Tom Cruise, and Idris Elba were all considered for the role of Valentine. Do you think any of those could have pulled it off? In different well? ways, yes. But I believe that Samuel L. Jackson was the best ultimate choice. If you can get Samuel L. Jackson, get Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, but Idris Elba. I don't think he would have had the comedy that Samuel brought to it. I can't believe that Idris Elba would be scared of blood. I believed <laughs> Samuel's Valentine was... Until I actually see it happen. I mean, I just saw Idris Elba as Black Superman in Hobbs, Hobbs and Shaw. And Shaw. Yeah. So it's real hard for me to think that he's going to be scared of blood, but I want to see him try at least. I saw him in Luther, but he had moments. And I think that he could do it. He has been cast in a lot of roles where he is tough and somewhat unfeeling and what have you. Bear, you saw Hobbs and Shaw. You're going to critique <laughs> my love of hey, the you know what? The movie. First of all, you know all what? three of us have seen Hobbs and Shaw and <laughs> oh. loved it. No, I'm not going to say I loved it. I refuse to actually make that statement on recording. I watched it because I was a 12-pack of beer in and was looking for something different. And the voodoo account that Josh and I share just happened to have popped up on there. I'm like, oh, well, I like Dwayne Johnson and I like Jason Statham. I'll watch this even though it's a Fast and Furious movie, which... If I'm going to watch bad movies, I'm going to watch Sharknado, damn it. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. Family. (laughs) The scene where the princess tells him he can screw her in the butt if he saves the world, that's edited out. I don't know if that's just the... Happen to legally purchase? Yes. I was going to say the version that I own, it's still in there. Yep. The version on Voodoo, yeah, still very much in there. Yep. Uh, maybe that's the price I pay for living my yep. life a quarter mile at a time. It is true. <laughs> the movie is rated for the plot keywords are spy, training, female, rear nudity, class differences, Which and happens- death of father. Female rear nudity, which happens the five seconds, the one time at the very end of the movie. Yes, it is third in plot keywords Yeah. on IMDb. Uh, On the D, Jason. The crow had more boobs than this had butt. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little sad. Also, one of the other things I loved about this is the way they made fun of the James Bond franchise. Would you like a drink, sir? Yes, I'd like a gin martini, not vodka, stirred for 10 seconds while looking at a bottle of unopened vermouth. I mean, come on, that's such a dig at the old... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 it is. That is a correct martini. Wow. As my president, Bartlett, said in the West Wing, <laughs> James Bond is ordering a watered-down martini and being snooty about it. Yes, that's true. Maybe because he wants to keep a clear head. That's that's all I got to say about it. Because I like... Well, I'm not even going to... You can't... You don't it. like vodka. First I, I don't like vodka, no. But I was going to say, I do appreciate, on occasion, a bruised Manhattan. That's a bruised Manhattan, though. That's Which is shaken. It's not a martini, though. Still a martini. It's a Manhattan. Hey, don't sit there and shake your head. People it's can't see that. A Manhattan is served in a martini glass. And did you guys catch the reference to Get Smart? Oh, yeah, yeah. that our shoes used to have fun. Yeah, right? so if you didn't know... You All just, the spy it, movie references are amazing. Much well smart. Easily, for me, a top 20 movie. I wish Golden Circle was as good, and hopefully the prequel that's coming out will be just... Let's well, see. I liked Golden Circle. 
I found Golden Circle fun. I thought Golden Circle epitomized all of the Bond sequel movies. Lumped them all into one. Yeah. Because it had everything. It had the car. It had the compound blowing up. It had Channing Tatum. (laughs) (laughs) It had Betrayal. It had John. It had... It had robot dogs. Jay, you may have the Czech version of the movie because it says the Czech version has the church scene removed and the princess anal sex scene edited. This uh, famous the church scene, scene was, was in. But... Oh, okay. The famous scene with the princess at the end is intact but zooms in on the blanket on the left to be more harmless and the, then... her bare bottom is not shown. That was probably it, but they edited, or they put the uh, church scene back in. Church scene back in, yeah. That's definitely an American thing. Oh, put the church scene back in. I like that. Matthew Vaughn withdrew from directing X-Men Days of Future Past to direct this. Well, that's unfortunate. Uh, If if it would have been Apocalypse, it would have been fine. Apocalypse was horrible. And are you about to defend it? No, no. We, were, we were about to rip it a new hole. No, oh, oh. he was saying it would make more I, sense. I was saying Days of Future Past was better than Apocalypse. Yes. Speaking of X-Men movies, Bear gets to do Dark Phoenix soon. Oh! <laughs> in all ways. That was, that was the one that I forgot when I was talking to Alex earlier. We were trying to figure out what what we had left to do for season two, and I had completely forgotten about Dark Phoenix for good reason, because I hate it. I just remembered something that I wanted to bring up about the movie. So... I loved that when they showed the devices that had been implanted, the rich people's heads, that it just was the 1910 overture and fireworks. <laughs> right. Instead of showing the graphic. Like scanners. Of, yes. Yeah. There, was no, there yeah. was no gore porn. It was literally just, it was just like expl- color it was fireworks. Yeah, yeah. It was fireworks on yeah. the screen. Purples, blues, yellows. I thought it was great. It wasn't a big spray of blood. Way to get around possible NC-17. It was rated R. And, but NC-17 is a movie killer. NC-17 is above R. Is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. sorry. Uh, the, um, what do you do? I don't know. It doesn't affect me. I don't know. I don't That's care. your privilege showing. <laughs> Tarantino with Kill Bill changed that one scene with the Hero 88. No idea. It's a horrible movie. That scene that's shot in black and white turned black and white so you can get past. Oh, right, because the blood is. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Your privilege is showing, Josh, if you hate Tarantino movies. I'm going to guess most minorities don't like Tarantino movies because they're all white revenge porn. The phrase that Hart quotes before the bar fight, manners maketh man, is the motto of British schools Winchester College and Ernstum's Grammar School, in case you didn't know. Also alliterative, which I like. This was a one and done as well for the comic. I kind of hope they keep going with the movies. I mm-hmm. honestly have liked both of them so far. I like the fact that they are very Bond-esque with Easter eggs without being as serious as a Bond movie. Yep, I agree. Well, I mean, they are doing this prequel. Okay, so my last question... The JBs that are mentioned in the movie. I'm sorry, what? The JBs that are mentioned in the movie are James Bond, Jason Bourne, Mm -hmm. Jack Bauer. Mm -hmm. The first time I was introduced to the concept of there being three JBs was the video game Alpha Protocol, which is a lost classic and a wonderful game, but you could set up your character to be more charismatic social. 
like James Bond, more physical, tactical, like Jason Bourne, kind of a combination of the two, like Jack Bauer. Which of the three do you find yourself more as? Jack Bauer Power Hour, baby. You're Jack Bauer (laughs) all the way? Jack, Jack Bauer Power Hour. I find myself more James Bond. Yeah, I can see that. I like my spy to be charismatic and, and smooth. Oh, I thought you were saying, how do you think of yourself of oh, those three? Oh, God no. I'm the guy that's collected all the information that dies at the drop. Yeah, I, to- I totally thought that this is what Sorry. we were talking about. Is like, how do Sorry. you see yourself? What is your preference? What is your preference in a spy? Honestly, I love the Bourne series. Yeah, me too. I really did. Yeah. I did too, and I think it was more. God, I, I, I can't really, believe I'm going to say, but it seemed more realistic to me. Because you, I think it's just because you start out with somebody that just got burned. Right. Like, well, and they start, don't. They don't necessarily have the social skills. They're just trying to the figure actual it out. People skills. Yeah, yeah, and muscle memory is taking over. Yeah. They're just doing. Yeah, stuff all, this is all yeah. just based off of training. Yeah. yeah. I will say, if you're going off of the Jason Bourne idea, I'll go with Burn Notice. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, so I totally oh. forgot about that because I do love mm-hmm. me some yogurt. Well, that's not one of the three JBs. It's Michael. <laughs> Seriously, I started yeah. eating yogurt because of because <laughs> of Burn Notice. notice. <laughs> That's yeah. fantastic. I'm like, gotta be a thing. And I just went out and also, got Also, like, also, Bruce Campbell. Bruce, Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell. I get the Jack Bauer. I had totally forgotten about that. And it was so much more like real world because he's counterterrorism. He's using so much more real world stuff. And I appreciate that. But if I'm going to watch a spy movie, I want to see Jason Bourne. I really liked in the movie that there were women in the training class. Absolutely. And that was not in the comic at all. I feel like they kind of pushed it along in the movie that the woman was the one who actually was the one. They were making the point in the comic, and I think they did it well in the movie without putting it in your face, that the majority of the people there were there because of their backgrounds, because of who their parents were, because of the money that their family had. They did it mostly with Charlie in the movie. Yeah. Like, the others were privileged yeah. but it really was just kind of focused in on one character. Right. Once again, thanks for uh, having me on. I can't wait to see what you offer up for season three. I want to have you back because I've been following Brian Herbert on Facebook, and apparently there's supposed to be some comic slash graphic novels coming out for Dune, and then we'll have a movie too. We're going to get into this. I don't even know if we're needed for this. I don't know if we're needed for this. I, 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 don't for I, I just feel like... Invite Allison on for that then, too. We can have this fight five ways. Oh, we can have this fight two ways. It's, it doesn't need to be a fight. No, cause... y'all can just have your three-way. <laughs> <laughs> One, two, three. Right, follow me on Twitch TV at Twitch TV backslash Old Punk Rocker. That's O-L-D-P-U-N-K-R-O-C-K-R. And you can also follow me on Twitter at the same. Thank you for having me on, guys. Absolutely, Absolutely. man. Glad to have you. Our next episode will be Swamp Thing, oh, which boy. we have, <laughs> we have so mixed feelings much about. Oh, so many mixed oh, feelings about Swamp Thing. Take it away, Vandello. But the same old trouble villains always knocking at the door pretty big.